Listen as Dr. David Lillicraft discusses response to AAV vector delivery from the National Hemophilia Foundation's 15th workshop on novel technologies and gene transfer for hemophilia. So in this next section, I'm going to try to summarize for you some of the discussion that took place at the workshop around responses to vector infusion. And I'm going to do this in two pieces, really. I'm going to begin by discussing, first of all, the immune response to the vector. And I'll begin by saying a few words about eligibility. So as you are probably aware, if your immune system has seen AAV in the past and you've developed antibodies to the AAV capsid, in most instances, this will make you ineligible for enrollment on a gene therapy study. Uh, Because if you give the vector, the vector won't deliver to the liver where you want it to express factor eight or factor nine. So there was significant discussion about how these tests are done. How do you measure the levels of the antibodies to AAV? And I think there's a significant feeling that we need to try to standardize as best we can these immune responses. Although it's also appreciated that this standardization process will be very challenging and we may not be able to compare exactly the results coming from one industrial sponsor versus another. At least one of the companies believes that they are still able to treat patients who have pre-existing evidence of immunity to AAV. And there was a presentation from that company trying to describe why they believe this is possible. This I think is still interesting. It's not entirely clear how this could happen, but I think the whole issue of pre-existing immunity is still on the table and is a a key issue when you consider gene therapy protocols. It's also understood that once you've received AAV gene therapy, the magnitude of the immune response to the AAV capsid is uh, large and it's, it's long duration. So the ability to re-administer vectors at this point is really theoretical only, and we need ways of trying to get around this problem. So at the moment, this would be a a one-off opportunity because the immune response to the vector is so large and continues for such a long time that it would negate possibility of re-administration. And then I'm just going to go on to say a few words now about the other response in the host, and that is liver toxicity. Um, So this occurs in somewhere in the region of 50 to 60% of patients, possibly even a little more. It usually occurs within the first three or four months after vector delivery, and it's recognized by the elevation of liver enzymes, particularly alanine transaminase. So some people refer to this as a transient transaminitis, but it's basically liver cell death. And the mechanism that underlies that is still debatable. It was initially felt to be likely due to cellular immune responses, so with cytotoxic T cells killing transduced hepatocytes. But increasingly, there's some belief now that this may involve some response coming from what we call an unfolded protein response. So as you make new protein within these liver cells, new factor eight protein or factor nine protein, that this may initiate a protective response in liver cells called the unfolded protein response. And one of the outcomes of that is liver cell death. 
And so there were a couple of presentations about the UPR, the unfolded protein response, as a mechanism producing liver toxicity. Having said all of that, we still know that transient delivery of corticosteroids, prednisone, in most instances will mitigate this liver toxicity and save extensive liver cell death and allow the continuance of production of factor eight or factor nine as the patient continues. To better understand the liver toxicity that's experienced by a significant percentage of patients, we really need to uh, understand mechanisms um, in a more detailed fashion. And really, probably the only way of doing this is to obtain liver tissue during the early phases after vector delivery. And so the attainment of liver biopsies on patients who've undergone AV liver-mediated gene transfer, I think is an important objective in the future so that we can begin to understand whether this is more of an immune response or whether it involves this mechanism called unfolded protein response. And then we might better be able to understand how corticosteroids improve this situation or may be able to identify other ways of mitigating this transient toxicity that we see in these patients. Looking for education on gene therapy and hemophilia? Visit www.genetherapy.isth.org, an educational resource designed by leading experts for the global hemophilia community to help you stay abreast of the evolving science and latest clinical advancements in gene therapy and hemophilia.